Green Sense Show is sponsored by CEA Technology, providing a sustainable modular indoor growing system. Visit CEATECHN.com to learn more. I'm Robert Colangelo, and this is Green Sense Show, where we bring you eco innovations that are changing your world. We interviewed Josina Morita, Commissioner of the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District, several months ago, and she explained that the MWRD treats stormwater and wastewater for more than 5 million people in Cook County. What she didn't explain is that one of the methods to treat that water uses a byproduct from locally brewed beer. Here to tell us more is Josh Deeth, owner of Revolution Brewing. Josh, welcome to Green Sense. Well, thanks for having me on, Robert. Well, according to Statistica, U.S. beer consumption amounted to approximately 6.45 million gallons in 2021, and many of those uh, drinkers have dreamed about owning a brewery. So let's hear your story. Why'd you get into the brewery business? Um, I got into just, just I grew in love with beer and grew in love with making beer myself, making it with friends, and um, kind of got a lucky break at a job at a brewery in the 90s in Chicago, and then worked my way through a few other breweries, learning skills, experience, and set my mind about opening a, a brewery, and eventually it happened. Well, like all entrepreneurs, you learn more from your failures than your successes, and uh, sounds like your third time was a charm. So tell us about the first startups and what you learned. Yeah, nobody asks about the first couple times anymore. It's like, <laughs> we're like... Uh, 13 years old of being open and then a couple of years of planning in this last iteration. And uh, it seems like so long ago, and just like uh, had a name, had a logo, and I knew I wanted to be a brewery and didn't end up with too, too much else developed those first couple of times, like looking around at spaces and buildings, thinking about like what kind of beers we wanted to make as well. It allowed a lot more time for their consideration and checking out a lot of other breweries over the time to kind of learn from what they were doing that was right and uh, finding great people, of course, to come work at the brewery and uh, make the great beer that we do. Well, you opened Revolution Brewery in 2010. Uh, tell us about how you came up with the idea and how it's working. Um, I was a brewer and I wanted to open my own brewery. <laughs> it's really, it starts like that simply. That and, sounds um, simple. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's, but it's not at all, of course. And it's just like, my wife was real helpful. Um, she had a CPA degree and a background in business and uh, accounting, which is real helpful early on to kind of, um, and then just like a lot of good managers, people working at the, the business along the way from the early days. I opened a, a bar and grill before that to get some experience, worked for a bunch of nonprofit organizations, did some urban planning at UIC to kind of learn more about and engage with the neighborhoods and um that's the kind of stuff that rounds it out like the, i kind of went slumbering a little bit like into brewing slumber for a few years while i worked on a lot of that kind of stuff and then coming out of it with some home brewing to really zero in on the early recipes for revolution was the when it really started to get fun and turn into a real thing when there was still lots of real construction and stuff to figure out but you could really start drinking your beers that you were hoping one day would be would grow up and some of those beers did it's pretty cool well you're living the dream uh what do you like best about the brewery business 
the people, like the opportunity for conversations and community that builds around beer. That was always kind of the early drive of why I got into beers because it built community. And uh, it always had willing tasters in the early days. Not all the beers were great. And um, even just today, we were tasting beer at the brewery. And um, it's, there's always fresh beer. Every day, there's a whole bunch of batches of fresh beer sitting ready to be tasted. And like that quality control aspect of putting out great beers is what really gets me going every day is to try the different beers and pick, the, pick our favorites and talk about which one's the big next. Well, when you're living the dream, there's always a nightmare part of the business. Uh, what do you like least? <laughs> oh, we recently bought our building after having a, a landlord for a really long time. So I will say that, yes, our ex-landlord was the thing that I liked least about the business. <laughs> and that's like a, a, a no-brainer maybe to say. It's not saying too much about them, but it was just like we wanted to own the building and we had to work really hard to get to that point to be able to buy the building. And it's, um, it was, it's, it's relieved a lot of stress now that uh, it's happened and it's, it's helpful for everybody. And it gives us like a permanent home in Avondale on the Northwest side of the city on Kedzie and Belmont. And then we have our original location at Milwaukee in California, our brew pub that's still going strong for many years. Well, when people drink beer, funny things happen. So are there any <laughs> funny stories that you could share with us about working in a brewery? Oh, so many stories. Give us a couple of your favorite. Okay, what's coming up in a couple of weeks is C2E2, uh, kind of the comic book convention of Chicago. Uh, one of the great ones, way beyond comic books. People are all dressed up in all kinds of their favorite hero costumes and so forth. And we make a lot of these... Uh, hero beers that are IPAs like anti-hero and our new one infinity hero and he's a hero and and um and we host like cosplay dress up parties every year and so those are some of like the most fun little parties that just an example of like a community that you connect with of people who, who just want to get dressed up and have a good time but they also enjoy drinking some good local beer and then you go to the McCormick place to the whole convention all weekend long and it's just like an amazing array of characters um artists there in person you can meet celebrities uh from your favorite like fantasy um shows and all kinds of stuff a lot of subcultures and um it's like it's a pretty cool partnership that we have with a group that puts on c2e2 and we uh just renewed that partnership for a few more years so excited to kind of keep that one going it's cool how like the cycle of the year at the brewery is also uh it's nice to see that you go from beer to beer, from flavor to flavor, but you also, there's like cycles of heating and cooling and like spring is right outside our window today. And so we have certain beers that we're brewing into springtime and it's just kind of a never ending process. It's great. Well, when that uh, convention's in town, I've seen those people dressed up walking down the street. So I can imagine that you've got some good stories you're holding back. Add some in beer into that mix. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. it really it turns into a great time. Well, let's get into the story. In any business, waste costs a business money. And you were all years when the MWRD approached you to use your two big, uh, your number two biggest byproduct, spent yeast. Tell us more about how yeast became a byproduct and why MWRD wanted it. So uh, beer is an alcoholic beverage. It's a, a natural fermentation process and yeast reproduces. And it's created each time that you do a, a liquid fermentation. There's always more yeast than you started with. That's the simplest thing. You get about three to four times uh, yeast growth 
on average themselves. It's just take a nice round number. Could be more, could be less. Depends on what you're doing. And um, beer brewing tanks, a lot of them are shaped with a, a cone on the bottom. And that allows the solids to fall down to the bottom naturally. And, and then we also dry hop a lot of our beers, our Hero IPAs in particular, and Fist City, our pale ale, with lots of hops where you add the hops to the tank that has the cone on the bottom. And eventually the hops too fall out down to the bottom of the tank. And it's just a gradual process of clarification. And you, you got to do something with it, right? You got to take away the clear beer and you sell that. And you definitely create a lot of byproduct is a nice word for it, like you said. And, um, you know, it can be composted. It's very wet. It's a slurry. And um, there's a few different ways to for breweries of all shapes and sizes to manage it. Uh, spent grain is our number one thing that leaves the brewery as a byproduct. And that goes, in our case, to, to feed cattle in northwest Indiana. And we've been doing that partnership for a long time. And it's very sweet. And the yeast is bitter, but it's it's a lot of proteins. It's what the MWRD considers like clean organics because it's all it's hops and it's yeast. The yeast is still alive. The hops are it's a plant, and it dried out and it's been hydrated a little bit. It's a little like toothpaste, mm. right? And um, it's got a little grit to it, um, but it's really rich in protein. And they that's what the MWRD wanted was, uh, I believe, the proteins, and they're using the proteins. Uh, not to give it away, but that's what we're here to talk about is, you know, if you haven't talked about it, they're using the proteins to bind to phosphorus, which is like a, a key salt. And guess what, everybody? There's a bunch of salts from our bodies that are in the waste stream. And the MWRD wants to get as much of those salts out as possible before they dump the end of pipe system into the sanitary and ship canal and eventually the Illinois River and the Mississippi River, right? And so... The salts can cause algae blooms. They can definitely affect the aquaculture. They can affect uh, just the whole spectrum down the line of water adjacent uses along those waterways. And so it is a way to clean up the end of pipe wastewater for our great city of Chicago and the whole, all of Chicago land, not all of it, but a big chunk of Chicago land that does that. And so we already have to pay a bunch of fees to the MWRD because we're a large industrial facility making beer. Previously, we were putting it down the drain. Um, the hops and yeast uh, element, the byproducts like we're talking about. And we found a way with the MWRD, they approached us. Hey, how would you put it in a tanker truck and send it down to us? And then we're going to use it for this process. It was, of course, their idea. Um, and some of the commissioners at the time that were on the MWRD, Deborah Shore was one who came directly to the brewery for a visit and to tell us about this program that was being hatched. And so, and this, then we've interfaced with, you know, workers, people at the MWRD that are either in their labs, they take evaluations of what we give them to make sure it's the good, clean, safe stuff that they want to mix in. And um, beyond that, there's, they have bacteria and there's like so, a natural So I have a reaction. couple of questions. Yeah. Excuse me, let me just jump in. Uh, sure. How many gallons are you talking about of, of this byproduct that you're producing? Gallons, uh, I can kind of think it's like a, a tanker truck, as you would see, oh. kind of like almost the size of like a, a truck that would move gasoline, but it's all for this natural byproduct. It's a little so like a 10, horizontal 000, tanker truck. Yeah, 10,000 gallons? Like, yeah, the road, something like that, I think. And it's like the, the weight limit of, of the liquid. You know, it has a greater density than water. 
And so they, it's a tank that's sized, so they're not overweight. And it takes a few hours to pump it in at the brewery. They have a vacuum pump on the truck. Um, it makes some noise. I don't love it. <laughs> Every bit aspect of it, it's like getting dirty. And, and how often purposing of waste, you got to get a little bit dirty and it, uh, and they, it's like once a week, they pick it up at the brewery once a week and wow. it's a nice consistent program. Cause we're always making, we make a little more, a little less. We devoted a big fermentation tank at the brewery that we would use for making beer before. And we turned it into just a holding tank to reserve this stuff and to put well, it to a better use. That's impressive that that's, there's that much byproduct. Um, well, there's the old saying in the uh, uh, environmental business, one man's trash is another man's cash. And since they came to you, how bad did they really want it? And were they willing to pay for it? Well, that's a good question. Uh, there was a pilot program early on that reduced the rates. And that is actually over right now. We're paying more like full boat or what they would consider as the full boat price. So it's like there's been a change. And like trucking costs. Uh, the, the trucking company, it's a third party company that's doing this movement. We are always looking for good uh, trucking companies to work with to move this waste around. That's a key part of the logistics. This waste has like, like a couple weeks of shelf life before it's going to go bad or anything like that. The spent grain needs to get out of the brewery usually within a day. And, um, and so it's just like there is some logistics. We've tried to simplify it, make it work for everybody. But the cost to for us to move this has over doubled it's almost moving towards tripling in the last three or four years um, confluence of factors it costs a lot more to do it, any type of shipping and trucking these days some of the permit fees you pay a lot sure. of fees to it to do it but generally it's like a wash these days more than a savings but it's like we would have already paid fees to the mwrd to put it down the drain got it uh, right it used to save money more so than it does now but it's like definitely the right so, way so, to do it the right program to you do it with so the, the cost is borne by us right we, we take it on to be responsible for our waste that we create it's like it comes with the territory of making a lot of beer and we try to do it the best way we can uh what was mwrd doing before they got your byproduct not removing as much phosphorus i think ah, the so they, like if you look at like uh i'm not a I'm not the MWRD, but you want to reduce like the active things that are alive in the sewage. You want to like take out any uh, effluent. You want to take out heavy metals, right? There's a lot of the negative. You make a list of negatives that you want out and try to get it as close as possible to water. That all started when we drank a glass of water at home. And, you know, it, it flows backwards away from our lake or our source of water is, which is great. But it's like important to think about everybody in the pathway of all of our waste and it's just about being conscious and doing the right thing it's that's a great example for other breweries uh half acre does this program as well goose island brewery on the west side does this program as well i think lagunitas participates in this program so i think those are the four breweries right now that i know that are doing it and uh but then they get like one delivery from us so every day they got some coming as well for several days of the week so that kind of regularity um kind of works for everybody well your biggest product as you mentioned earlier was spent grain is there anybody that you found that can use that as a feedstock in their business process yeah i mentioned that a little bit before but we uh kind of upcycle our spent grain to be cattle feed for beef cattle in northwest indiana and it's uh, again it's like a truckload a day for several days a week while we're actively brewing in the middle of the week and um it's of high value 
it is a great alternative to other you know grown grains. Uh, we are after the sugars that the grains have to offer, the starch and sugar component, but we leave behind a, a good amount of protein as well as fiber and uh, water weight and nutrition for the cattle as well. And so it's a great program. And um, a lot of other breweries do that as well. It's just like matching up from our city downtown location. Where is the nearest cow, right? It's like the, <laughs> there's your logistical problem that you got to solve. But, you know, there are times when the traffic ain't so bad on the way into Chicago. You can get in and out from Northwest Indiana if you time it right. So farmer takes advantage of their farmer hours. Definitely yes. get their way in, into the city early in the morning and out before any kind of traffic. So what's your lessons learned when it comes to being a sustainable brewery that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, I think um, there's definitely like uh, plenty of vision available for everyone to you know decide what they want to do with their life and what kind of business they want to pursue. There's a lot of people out there that will help you along the pathway to open a business, your family, your friends, a lot of people that you don't know today that are out there to help you. And um, on the environmental side, it's, you know, you take stock definitely of what you're doing. We try not to, just like we would count our bags of malt to know what our inventory is and know that we have enough on the coming inside of the business to make the beers we want. We got to think about all the way out till it's final use of everything that coming out of the brewery. We're at a point where, yeah, there's hardly, there's, there's very little. We're down to like, it's by weight. We're recycling 99.9 something, I would think, amount of all of the output items leaving the brewery are going to recyclers or upcyclers and liquid form, solid form. And then uh, like the aluminum cans is a really important part of us because we, we brew and that's our even more precious resource. Aluminum prices are, have been real up and down lately. And, um, we like the aluminum can, it, it works well, it's very recyclable. And um, so we do see high rates of recycling with that can package type. We got out of plastic, something like we set our mind to it. We're like, you know what? We're using these plastic tops for our everyday beers and we converted those into a cardboard carton. We're still using plastic for some of our small batch specialty beers. We don't have a paper solution working right now for that, but you know, it's just, that's an example. We just wait, once you knock one thing out, then you can move on to the next thing. And it's up to you to decide like how aggressive you want to be, right? And uh, what, how deep do you want to go down the rabbit hole? And there's a lot you can do to leave a, a smaller footprint. Well, Josh, uh, our listeners can't see you, but you look very content and you look very happy. And I really appreciate uh, you joining us here on Green Sense. And next time I'm up on the North side, I'll stop in for a brew. So it was so nice to talk with you. And thank you for being on Green Sense Show. Yeah, I so much appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk about this. Enjoy the weekend coming up. It's going to be a good one. My guest this week was Josh Death, owner of Revolution Brewing, upcycling his waste to help treat Chicago's wastewater. Green Sense Show is sponsored by CEA Technology. Visit CEATECHN.com to learn more about their sustainable growing technology. Visit the GreenSenseShow.com website to learn more about how you can be a sponsor of the show. I'm Robert Colangelo. Thank you for listening to GreenSense and check out the GreenSense Minute every Thursday and Saturday on 105.9 FM, WBBM, Chicago. GreenSense Show is sponsored by CEA Technology, providing a sustainable modular indoor growing system. 
Visit C-E-A-T-E-C-H-N.com to learn more.